Hello and welcome to Fresh Dialogues. I'm Alison Van Diggelen. Climate activist Greta Thunberg stole the show at the UN this week, reminding us of our responsibility to future generations. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth. How dare you? For more than 30 years, the science has been crystal clear. How dare you continue to look away? You are failing us. But the young people are starting to understand your betrayal. The eyes of all future generations are upon you. And if you choose to fail us, I say, we will never forgive you. We will not let you get away with this. Right here, right now, is where we draw the line. The world is waking up. And change is coming, whether you like it or not. I found my heart racing when she said, how dare you look away. I hope certain world leaders are paying attention. This month, we had a lively discussion on the BBC World Service about the role of climate activists like Thunberg, Indigenous people and technology pioneers like Elon Musk. ABC Australia's Claire Negus joined the conversation. I'm often accused of being over-optimistic about the power of technology to make a dent in climate change, but I think it's important to point out how technology breakthroughs can help us move to a lower carbon economy. People thought Elon Musk was crazy when he decided to reinvent the electric vehicle and go head-to-head with petrol heads and long-established car manufacturers, but he's consistently proved naysayers wrong. His creativity and tenacity has spurred a complete rethink of electric vehicles. Now, every major car manufacturer is going electric. Given that transportation accounts for about 40% of carbon emissions, that could have a big impact on climate change. Environmental activists like Thunberg and Bill McKibben play their part too. Did you see McKibben's article in this week's Time magazine? It's a wildly optimistic work, but worth a read. By writing from a futuristic viewpoint, 2050, he paints a promising scenario for how climate change could be addressed. While Greta Thunberg appeals to our emotions, McGibbon brings us logic and he gives us hope that there is a way forward. In his view, the main drivers are 1. The personal impact of climate devastation 2. Technology-enabled cheap renewable energy and 3. A concerted attack on the political power of the fossil fuel industry. The BBC's Jamie Robertson started by asking me about climate action in California. Alison, what about California? Because definitely from an environmental point of view, you are very much in the front line. I mean, we think of the wildfires in California. From the point of view of indigenous people, I know that California does have a huge number of indigenous people which, who aren't exactly in the news very often. But do they have a role to play here? Yes, I think it's really important for us in California and around the world to listen to these indigenous people. I think what we do over the next 10 to 20 years is going to determine the fate of humanity. I think we need to remember what John Muir said, that everything is connected. When you try to pick out anything by itself, we find it hitched to everything else in the universe. But I think on the hopeful side, because I am an optimist, I was so gratified to hear that this coming together of these indigenous people, I think the figure quoted 
estimated was around 300 million. That's on par with the population of the US. So the idea of them coming together, there is power in numbers. And also I think technology plays a role in this by increasing the transparency. Everyone has, or almost everyone has, a mobile phone. So companies, multinationals can't get away with what they used to. Alison and Claire, stay there. We have a lot more to talk about. We'll be back in just a few minutes here on Business Matters. Okay, just one very brief question to both of you. On, on your news agendas, the environmental question, the questions about how the environment, the environmental problems are being tackled and about climate change, how, how high up the, the news agenda is it at the moment, compared with, say, a couple of years ago? Both of you, very quickly. Alison first. Well, Greta Thunberg, bless her heart, she is keeping it on our agenda, but I wish it were higher. I mean, looking at the debates last night, it was there, but it, I wish we could, we could raise it. People are concerned about what's impacting them on a daily basis. There, there's not enough of a long-term view. We need more people like David Attenborough speaking <laughs> up for the environment. And Claire, briefly. Absolutely. Hugely on the agenda. In fact, it's a major criticism of the ABC that we do too much on climate change and not enough of the everyday cost of living stories. I want to just take the, the, the conversation on to what came out of a Frankfurt Motor Show and this extraordinary confrontation between uh, some of the, sort of the, the lords of the, uh, of the auto industry and ordinary citizens just sort of worried about climate change, worried about cars and what they're doing to the environment. I mean, uh, you're in California, I suppose, where you're at the forefront of, of the development of electric vehicles and, and you know, things which could actually make a difference. Is there a sense of optimism that, these things will work. Absolutely. Well, California is where Elon Musk basically jump-started this electric vehicle revolution. And so Tesla is doing phenomenally well. I think they're they're due to sell almost half a million electric vehicles this year. California, of course, as a state, is doing all it can to boost the sales of EVs, electric vehicles. California accounts for half of all U.S. EV sales thanks to rebates and state, state government policies. It's got a goal of 5 million electric vehicles by 2030 and it does things like fast tracking permissions for charging infrastructure because of course that's a key part of uh, making electric vehicles you know, the number one. In fact Elon Musk has predicted that within 10 years the majority of cars produced will be electric. Others like Morgan Stanley are a little more realistic. They're saying it's more like 20. So perhaps it will fall somewhere in between. Claire, do you have such faith? I do. I think that it will be, uh, globally, electric cars will be the future. Uh, In Australia, I think it will be a bigger battle uh, because there is such a cultural identity around petrol and diesel-fueled engines. (laughs) You know, we are a strong car culture and that will continue. Uh, A few years ago, we kind of set to prove, myself as a reporter, we set, we're going to say, we're going to prove you wrong. We can drive an electric car hundreds of kilometres and it's not going to be a problem. It's not going to run out of energy. And so we we drove it about 300 k's. Um, we were in a Tesla, so it, it and there was no problems. Yeah, but where and were people, you after? Where were you after 300 k's? I rather imagine you might have been in the middle of a desert. Where well, did you no, recharge? We, we, we we charged along the way. There were um, charging bays along the way, but we the final point of that drive was actually at one of the largest the world's largest lithium mines. So we wanted to make lithium interesting. So that's why we we drove down in an electric car to say this is the connection between an electric car and what we're mining. 
We in the UK have been trapped for the last three years in this bubble of Brexit where politics has accelerated to this breakneck speed. One week to the other one barely knows what's going on or what's going to happen, certainly not what's going to happen. I don't want to talk about Brexit, but it's this speed of politics, this frenetic nature and the arguments that go on. Are we alone like this? Or is it is it happening everywhere else? Or is it just us? Alison, what about in California? Boris Johnson uh, uses the Donald Trump playbook, you know, distant relationship with truth. And I think Twitter actually increases the speed of these interactions. And So you're um, feeling the, the same way? You're feeling the same way as I am? <laughs> uh, Absolutely. What's happening in the UK is part of the phenomenon that's happening in the world, you know, with populism rising. The world population, intelligent world population is hungry for facts, respect, empathy, and to find some common ground. You know, I think the, ultimately, you know, we've talked a lot tonight about the environment. I think finding common ground, you know, we're all citizens of the world. And what happens, especially in politics and in business in the next 10 to 20 years, is going to impact all of us and our offspring. So we need to focus on what we have in common and what unites us rather than what divides us. I think we could all do with a little more decorum because we need to we need to be heard. We need to awesome. have the facts out there. I can hear the music coming. The program is coming to an end too. Alison Vanderglen in California and Claire Negus in Australia, thank you both very much for being on Business Matters with me, Jamie Robertson. Goodbye. Goodbye.